This is the sound? This is the sound they make? Yeah. So we get plastic bottles and then we put stones in them and begin shaking them and hitting metal containers while also scaring them with fires that we lit. That's a sound Amina Mohammed and her family made when her farm was invaded by locusts sometime in December 2019 here in the eastern lowlands of Ethiopia in the region of Diridawa just before entering Oromia. There were a couple of days when they were here and then they passed over there, but hopefully they won't come back. Hello and welcome to this edition of Spotlight on Africa with me, Anne-Marie Basada. East Africa is in the midst of one of its worst locust invasions in over 20 years. Warm temperatures brought on cyclones from the Indian Ocean, which in turn led to high amounts of rainfall on the Arabian Peninsula, specifically around Yemen, Oman and Saudi Arabia, creating the ultimate environment for these locusts. So that the cyclone continuously made really repeated generation breeding of locusts there. So that uh, really unusual uh, phenomena what we observed was starting from June, there was a, a huge amount of swarms migration in both directions. One is in uh, northeast part of uh, the country, crossing Djibouti directly to the northeast. The second one is uh, directly from Somaliland to the eastern part of Ethiopia. That's Zebdewo Sarato, the Plant Protection Director at Ethiopia's Ministry of Agriculture. As he mentions, the current locust cycle has been going on since 2018. And here in Ethiopia, this invasion is one of the worst since its last major one in 1958. But a lot has changed since then, and the country now has a triple force to attack the locusts and save the country from much misery. But just how is it done, and is it effective? We'll find out. Locusts, do you ask? Isn't that something of bygone biblical plagues? Well, they are, but then they never really went away. Actually, there are very small outbreaks annually, uh, which, one, it emerged from solitary breeding from the country, and then uh, the second one is uh, always we are receiving small or medium uh, swar movement from Somaliland or from Yemen annually. But this one is exceptional. As I mentioned earlier, Zabdiwos works at the Ministry of Agriculture. Now we'll go back to him in a minute. But first, to really appreciate the problem of locusts, you have to understand their biology. Locusts, or hoppers as they're sometimes called, need a few boxes to be ticked to really thrive. Rain and moderate temperatures. Not too hot, not too cold. Soil moisture is also another important factor for them, and then green vegetation. So when you carry out survey, you don't collect only the presence of locust. You see also other environmental factors which favor really locust population building in that area. So based on those favorable conditions, if the area is dry, even if locusts arrive, they will do nothing. They will migrate and move to other place or may go back for searching good green vegetation somewhere else. 
A locust, as it is, is not harmful. But if they are breeding in those favorable conditions, such as in Somalia or Yemen, the moment they start to have wings, called the fledgling phase, they begin to look for food, and that's when the swarms start gathering momentum. You know, in Somalia, it's not like Ethiopia. I think it's almost desert. Okay, there are many places desert, and there are the coastal areas are very favorable for breeding. Okay, so after they feed on some trees, they move to Ethiopia. As she explains, once they've grown wings, they come into Ethiopia looking for food, and if the conditions are right for breeding, as they have been lately over in Somalia and Yemen, then the numbers swell to swarms. And one swarm alone can have anywhere from 50 to 80 million locusts. Here on Amina's farm, she knows all too well what happens when locusts come in those swarms. <laughs> The locusts arrived here, where we had sorghum growing in the field. It wasn't yet mature, so they ate most of it. But we were able to save the stems. Walking over to the fields, they appear bare as they stretch out to the nearby hill. The only thing in place of the sorghum, a popular grain in the country, are stubs of wood. The stems, more like wood, were cut and sold or used for kindling. I arrived in the region expecting to find locusts, not their aftermath. Instead, I found out that the locusts, in their quest for food, had moved to the south of the country. But while their numbers were huge, the damage was considered as a whole minimal, and that's due to the system in place. Here in the capital, Addis Ababa, it feels like we're far from the locust crisis, but it's actually the hub for surveying locust activity throughout the country and rolling out solutions. At the national and regional level, much of that is done through the Ministry of Agriculture with Zabdiwo Sarato, whom we met earlier. His department works with the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, the FAO. The Ministry of Agriculture has a Plant Protection Directorate, and that directorate. Has it is staff in the field who are making surveillance to locate the movement of swarms, the reproduction of locusts within the country, and then they report to the ministry. And the ministry also reports to Rome FAO, and FAO Rome follows different parameters using satellites to determine what will happen next, based on the information being received from Rome in terms of alerting. The Ministry of Agriculture. We support from the Desert Locust Control Organization, which is just next door. Now that's Dr. Mulatu Baye, an entomologist and integrated pest management expert at FAO Ethiopia. As he mentioned, both his office at the FAO and the Ministry of Agriculture then set out to coordinate things with the Desert Locust Control Centers, or the CRC. But let's get back to the start of the invasion. Reports are constantly being fed to the ministry from all over the country and beyond its borders. We share information with all this. For example, whenever you have any report about desert locust, you share it with the headquarter, and the headquarter with the Ministry of Agriculture, the Ministry of Agriculture with CRC, CRC with FAO, then FAO Rome, Desert Locust Information Service. So that uh, service. They collect all the information. Again, they share us what is happening in Kenya, what is happening in Yemen, in Somalia, in Oman, Saudi Arabia, everywhere. So you know what will happen、uh, next, okay? 
so you get ready logistically. And that means the Ministry of Agriculture starts preparing those areas considered to be the hardest hit by the locusts at the main entry points from bordering countries. We first sensitized community, meaning those groups, and those groups again, they took information from us that alert is given. There is a forecast, locusts will invade Ethiopia after three, four, five months, so that to prepare by themselves to give us information soon, and then to react upon the recommendation given by the experts. Even the remote villages have a part to play in this. Besides the village, we have also the desert locusts counties. They are paid by the Ministry of Agriculture. So these people, they are always alerted. Uh, they receive training, refreshing training. So they are very active. All this is very important. No locust management without information. So in this current invasion, the locusts were seen making their way to the eastern coast of Africa. With a looming invasion, though, what are the options? Mechanical or aerial killing? Aerial killing is reserved for the large swarms when they can be seen from a distance and a plane can draw pesticides over it. In fact, this is how we have to look into it. Uh, the desert locust is a migratory pest. And when it is reproducing, it just hoppers around. And when they hopper, they hopper in huge bands. So that requires application of pesticides on the ground, ground application of pesticides, so that you kill the hoppers in their breeding sites. After they form swarms, you have to control them using uh, pesticides. Now, mechanical is more when these are small swarms or are still at the breeding stage. Zabdewo says mechanical can involve spraying pesticides from a backpack or good old beatings. Yeah, that is a really usual practice which our farmers by are coming. Not by hand, they are beating by, by, by we have a really especially they prepare like a, what you call it, a stick. So they prefer that, the community, they organize themselves. Uh, they go early in the morning, locusts cannot move because they are, the locusts are cold-blooded animals will not be active uh, very early before really getting heat. Until they absorb heat from uh, ground, they bask in the ground, they absorb heat and become active. So until that, they chop and uh, beat and kill manually. Otherwise, if the population is beyond that, they use uh, motorized sprayers, backpack motorized sprayers, and they spray. But there is a little disagreement on this feeding method. Mechanical control, uh, I have all the reservations as an entomologist because an insect of uh, desert locust nature, which produces huge swarms, you cannot overcome by killing individuals. What you hear, people are creating sounds of different sorts to scare of the locusts from settling. That may help a certain community. But, the, but the, the locusts will move to the next area and affect other group of farmers who are not ready. So this is not a solution. The solution for us is to control the swarms so that we protect all the farmers. And uh, this use of stick, how many millions can you kill using sticks? Yeah, that's the issue.
It was like a fog. I couldn't count them, there were so many. Ifto Adam Musa's farm was also ravaged by locusts three months ago. Not far from her neighbor Amina, her sorghum fields were devastated. We brought tires from the cars to burn to make a thick smoke to force them away. We also put sand on top of the fire. We added different dry plants as well to increase the smoke to push them away. So how did you come up with this idea? We were worried when we saw them that they would come onto our crops. So everybody began building fires to try and protect what we could. She and her family tried as well to scare away the locusts, but the sorghum plants only mature in two months, and her plants were only a month old. At that stage, they're still milky and moist, something the locusts love. So it's here where the fire was burned to, to make a lot of smoke? Uh, yes. Uh, and normally, if the locusts hadn't come, how high would the crops be now? It depends on the rain, but about two meters high. No, nobody came to tell us how to protect ourselves from locusts. We just do this ourselves. Unfortunately, the coordinated efforts cannot protect everyone. But according to the three experts, this invasion could have been minimized. But our serious problem is uh, the one which are crossing from Somaliland because in Somalia and Somaliland there is no control. So we always waiting in border. We identified the entrance routes. We are controlling on those routes. Hiwap further explains the main problem. When you know that they're going to come, like you, you follow them. So you saw that from Yemen they came to yes, Somalia. Yes. What, what is the protocol? You call Somalia and you say... Let us do the controller. Is there anything you can do? Actually, you can't communicate with Somali also, except with some friends and through FAO or our uh, the headquarters of this local control organization for Eastern Africa. They could communicate with some people in the Misofai culture in Somali, Algesa, some in Puntland. Still, there are some in the agricultural offices. The problem is, you know, they don't carry out regular survey and they don't share you regular reports. For example, in our case, Ethiopia is a member of the Central Region Commission for Desert Locust Control. Also, we communicate with this Eastern African uh, organization, DLCO, is another partner also, okay? Zabdewos and Mulatu say the issue is that Somalia is worried about pesticides hurting their cattle. Of course, pesticides are chemicals, so if an area is to be sprayed, the farmers or residents are asked to leave for a few days, but afterwards they can return. If the locusts are killed at the breeding stage while in Somalia, then the swarms would not be nearly as big or as destructive. The same applies to Yemen, but given it's caught up in a civil war, fighting locusts are probably not their main concern right now. Biopesticides are also being developed and even natural predators can be used, as Hiwat explains. There is a fungus, this metharizium, we call it with the train name green mussel. Now, in, in many countries, it is registered so that they are very effective against the hoppers, okay, against the hoppers. But for a huge swarm of more than 55 millions per square kilometer, it's hard to beat the tried and tested method of pesticides. Somalia aside, Mulatu adds that the international community was slow in helping out when developments were already taking place back in May of 2019. Help only came in November, and by that time the locusts had already destroyed many crops. 
With the storms already in movement, they have already entered northern Kenya, Uganda, and South Sudan now. From there, they will make their way to Sudan and likely back to Ethiopia when the rainy season starts. So last week, the Arba Metroplantes Clinic head he told me that the swarm reached this way. It is a depression, you know, this sandy area. And he told me that the scary thing, it is raining there. In this environment, this area is raining. That is the bad thing, you know. If the, not the pink one, if they become yellow, that means they start to mate and lay eggs. So if it is raining this area, you know, of course he said that eh, there is sand, so they can't lay eggs. Mm. Okay. That is one of the areas which we should give focus now. Yeah, sandy, all sandy areas. This part already is dried, so we don't worry about it. That's why you know they are moving from this area to Bali, and maybe they come back again to Sidamo also. We said in okay. March, it's when the rain comes back. Yes. With the spring rain, the locusts will once again find optimum conditions for breeding, and then set off once again for food, repeating the cycle as the generation continues to multiply, posing a threat to Ethiopia and neighboring countries. That's it for this edition of Spotlight on Africa with me, Anne-Marie Vesada. Be sure to check our site for updates on our podcast, or better yet, subscribe to RFI Spotlight on Africa on your favorite platform to make sure you never miss another one.